The Blevins Franks Report with Rob Kay of Blevins Franks Wealth Management. It's that time on a Sunday morning here on Rivian Radio where we say good morning to Rob Kay. Good morning. How are you doing, Rob? I'm very well, Howard. Yeah, good morning. Thank you. Right. Well, you might remember during last week's first Brevin's Franks report of 2023, you referred to changes which could affect UK pensions. Following the broadcast, lots of listeners posted questions about your comment to the questions portal, Rivia Radio, at brevinsfranks.com. So I'd like to take a closer look at what you were referring to this morning. However, before we discuss UK pensions, what caught your eye in the news this week? Well, Howard, I'm, I'm not sure you can describe this as, as catching the eye. It's probably best described as poking everyone in the eye. But uh, but on Tuesday, French Prime Minister Elizabeth Borne uh, was handed the inevitable task of, uh, or the unenvi- unenviable task, of presenting the government's controversial pension reform bill. She framed it by saying it will guarantee the future of the French pension system. The plan is to to gradually push the French retirement age back from 62 to 64. People born after the 1st of September 1961 will be able to retire from the age of 62 years and three months. Um, The date will then be pushed back for for younger groups until 2030. The state retirement age will then be 64 for people born in 1968. This is uh, slightly different to what President Emmanuel Macron had envisaged. The state pension age, he expected it to be 65 by 2031. This story is bound to run and run. A survey carried out last week found that 80% of French people are opposed to the retirement age being put back. The CGT union said, we are determined that this bill will not be passed. The CFDT said, this is one of the most brutal pension reforms in the last 30 years. And France's eighth biggest unions have called for a day of demonstrations on January the 19th. The government also announced it's looking to increase the minimum pension payment by €100 Euros per month for people retiring after the 1st of September this year. Someone who has earned the minimum wage for the whole of their careers will earn 85% of their original salary in future. The pension payments will be indexed on the SMIC rather than inflation, so the 85% proportion will continue to apply. French media sources this week also reported that King Charles' first state visit will be to Paris in March. A French government source said, This is an extremely powerful symbol as it will be the first official visit of Charles III, which reflects the fact France is a priority for him. The visit will be an opportunity to show the ancient attachment which goes beyond Brexit and continues the family tradition as Queen Elizabeth was a Francophile who spoke French. As is now the tradition, on Monday the Mary de Monaco presented the births, deaths and marriages figures for the past year. Significantly, there were far fewer births in Monaco in 2022, 862 compared to 976 in 2021 but there were 191 marriages compared to 181 last year, or the previous year. The number of divorces remained the same, amazingly, at 58, while the number of deaths fell significantly, from 603 to 528. 427 girls were born in the Principality compared to 435 boys. The most popular girls' names that were chosen were Emma and Victoria, while for the boys it was Leonardo and Gabrielle. And finally, as all you retail therapy experts will already know, 
France's winter sales began at 8 o'clock on Wednesday and they'll run until Tuesday the 7th of February. Every year, there are two six-week national sales periods and the dates are set by law, not by individual shops or companies. Shop owners must display the original price of the item as well as the sale price, so you can be sure you're getting a genuine deal, which I find quite reassuring as I'm always very sceptical about sales and what shops are using sales to clear out their stocks. It's like the Black Friday, isn't it? Mm. Well, last week you mentioned the publication of a report by the Institute for Fiscal Studies, which could mean we need to radically change, or rethink, our longer-term pension plans. So what did the report say? Well, the report, Howard, is highly controversial, to say the least. It, it suggests UK pensions should be allowed to both income tax and inheritance tax when the scheme member dies. The IFS rationale is their proposals would have made the tax treatment of pensions fairer and economically more efficient. The reforms would mainly apply to defined contribution pensions, also known as money purchase pensions, which in essence are pensions which we've made contributions to. The proposals would remove the use of pensions as a vehicle for tax-incentivised bequests, which means they would be included in the value of an estate for inheritance tax purposes. Applying income tax to the funds which are left in a pension when a member dies would generate an entirely new source of income for the UK government. And the FSS, the FSS estimates applying IHT to pensions could potentially raise another £2 billion of revenue for the Exchequer. These reforms could also be used to fund a free government giveaway because rather than using the additional revenue to fund the government's coffers, the additional revenue could be used to reduce the UK's IHT rate down from 40% to 30%, which in essence is taking with one hand and giving back with the other. The IFS also believes these reforms could have a short-term impact. By removing the exemption from inheritance tax, there would be no reason to leave pensions to accumulate additional value, because you would simply be increasing your eventual tax bill. The reasoning is... This would encourage members to take income and spend it, which will help invigorate the UK economy at a time when, to be honest with you, it's rather benign. As you would expect, the IFS proposals did not receive a warm welcome from many commentators. Most believe the proposals only benefit the UK Treasury and they are short-term thinking because they will undermine pensions. People will stop using pensions to finance their retirement, which in the end will increase the burden of retirement on the state and render the changes useless. Whether the IFS proposals are accepted or ignored, this once again highlights the fact there is £3 trillion sitting in UK money purchase pensions and it's just too juicy a target winking at the UK taxman to be left alone indefinitely. If you've left the UK, why would you leave a valuable asset at the mercy of the UK taxman? when with appropriate advice, you could avoid the threat completely. It's been widely reported that adverts warning people about pension fraudsters have actually stopped lots of people from seeking advice about their pensions. Yeah, I mean, look, we have to be completely straight about this. The, the pension regulator needs to warn everyone about the dangers. That, that's completely the right thing to do. Fraudsters are targeting pension members with a barrage of scams, but... That shouldn't be a surprise, should it? I mean, as I said earlier, the price pot has three trillion pounds in it. A recent suge a recent survey suggested that, that um, 
that around uh, 8% of male pension members have actually been targeted by scammers. Strangely, though, only 7% of women have been targeted. Maybe ladies are more, are more difficult to scam than us blokes. In these inflationary times, it's not a surprise that offering high or guaranteed returns is top of the current scam list. Typically, scammers are looking to persuade savers to transfer their pensions into higher-risk investments that are usually unregulated, such as overseas property, parking lots and storage unions. And, and many of these things just actually don't exist. Two simple, re- two, two simple rules to remember about pension scams is uh, if you receive a cold call about transferring your pension, hang up immediately. And the best rule of all, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Perhaps the fairer sex are more astute in these matters. <laughs> I'm not making any comments about that, Howard. <laughs> I'm just picking up your baton. Okay, so what are the pension tax traps that people need to be aware of? Well, uh, where do I start? Uh, because there are lots of nasties we, we, that we actually do need to be aware of, the, the one too many people get wrong is the pension commencement lump sum, frequently referred to in the UK as a tax-free lump sum. When you crystallise a UK pension, you can take a cash commutation, which for most pensions is 25% of the fund. This amount can be, can be a little more for older schemes, such as executive pension schemes and, and private pensions. In the UK, these commutations are tax-free, but if you take them after you become a French resident, they are liable to French income tax and potentially the 9.1% French pension social charge, which potentially means you're losing 50% of what would have been tax-free if it had been taken before you left the UK. Despite various rumours, the recent UK autumn statement didn't contain any real new restrictions. However, it did extend the freeze to the lifetime allowance until 2028, which means every year more and more people will be be caught out by the cap. If your combined pensions are worth £800,000 today and their values increase at a compound 5% over the next five years, you will be borderline on walking into a lifetime allowance tax charge when the date comes at the end of 2028. 800,000 might sound like a big number, but if you have a final salary pension of 40,000 pound, that amount is multiplied by 20 to calculate its capital value. If your pensions exceed the LTA threshold, which will be a million and 73 until 2028, you'll pay 55% tax on everything over the limit, which you could take as a lump sum, but also 25% if you take the money as income. And don't forget, these tax charges are in addition to income tax and potentially French social charges. The UK has also frozen income tax thresholds, again, until 2028. So if you're paying UK income tax on your pensions, more and more tax will gradually be taken over the next five years. Surprisingly, the issue of not paying UK income tax on UK source pension income is something we come across far too frequently. If you declare your UK pension income to the French pension tax authorities, apart from UK government services pensions, if you inform the UK tax authorities that those pensions are being declared in France, in the UK they'll be paid gross, which can be really helpful because the French household income tax system usually means you pay less tax in France compared to the UK. The average person apparently has five jobs or works for five employers. 
during their working life. What happens to the pension contributions we made to previous employers' schemes? Research by Gretel, which is a tracing service, estimates there's almost £50 billion stashed away in unclaimed investments, savings, pensions and insurance policies. But the biggest amount is sitting in, f- in forgotten pensions. Last year, Gretel estimated the value of forgotten pensions is approximately £37 billion. As you said, Howard, most of us have switched jobs a few times during our career, and it's therefore easy to forget about a pension when you've maybe only contributed to a scheme for a few years. Add to that various house moves when paperwork can get lost or put in a safe place, and it's easy for pension firms to lose track of us and for us to forget them. Tracing lost assets became a bit more difficult last year when Experian closed the unclaimed assets database, which he had managed for the past 20 years. There are various internet-based tools that can help you trace lost assets, Policy Detective is good for searching for insurance policies, banks and building society accounts. My Lost Account is good for tracing all bank accounts and premium bonds. For pensions, there are various tracing services, but the one I use is the UK government's tracking service www.gov.uk forward slash find a pension contact details. You can find current contact details for your pension provider and then you'll need to write to them to obtain up-to-date details about that lost pension. What is the Pension Protection Fund? (laughs) The Pension Protection Fund, as it says, is is actually a rescue scheme uh, that protects savers in failing occupational pension funds. The PPF was created back in 2005, and and it's crucial for members of defined benefits pensions whose employers or former employers go out of business at a time when the scheme doesn't have enough money to cover its pension commitments. Once a pension scheme is declared in default, which is usually when the sponsoring employer ceases trading, the PPF takes control of the pension scheme's assets and assumes responsibility for paying the member's pension. When the PPF takes over, existing pensioners receive 100% of their entitlement and future pensioners will receive 90% of the pension they were entitled to on the day their employer became insolvent. These days there's no cap on benefits, which was a welcome change back in 2021. But on the negative side, annual increases are linked to inflation, but capped at a maximum of 2.5%, which is not very helpful just at the moment. We shouldn't underestimate the importance of the Pension Protection Fund, Prior to 2005, savers could have lost all their pension benefits after contributing to an occupational scheme for many, many years. Robert Maxwell and the Mirror Group pension scheme quickly comes to mind. In recent years, the PPF has come to the rescue of members in various high-profile pension schemes, such as BHS, Hoover, Toys R Us and British Steel, just to name just a few failed schemes. I understand annuities have become more interesting, and especially so for French tax residents. Yeah, that's correct, but not necessarily for the same reason. Um, Annuities are one of those words most of us have heard of, but lots of us don't really know what they are. Maybe that's because they've fallen out of favour over the past 10-15 years, mainly due to benign interest rates, and since 2015 we're not required to buy an annuity. Annuities are a product which pays you a set amount each year. In simple terms, you give an annuity provider, usually an insurance company, a lump sum in exchange for a guaranteed income for the rest of your life. 
Insurers set their annuity rates based on the income they can earn from government bonds, and due to last year's bond market collapse, the yield on government bonds went through the roof, and the knock-on effect was annuity rates hit a 14-year high. Towards the end of 2022, a 65-year-old man with a £100,000 lump sum could buy an annuity which would pay him £7,800 a year, which is close on an 8% return on capital. Now, once inflation is wrestled under control, interest rates will reduce and therefore annuity, de- annuity rates will return to where they were before the inflation spike. You also need to consider what type of annuity is right for you because a bog standard one will actually die with you. There are various annuities such as index link ones, joint life last survivor versions and a combination of both. Also, don't forget, once you've bought your annuity, you've spent that capital so it can't be passed on to your children. From a French tax perspective, annuities benefit from preferential tax treatment. If you buy an annuity in your 50s, only 50% of the annuity is liable to income tax. If you buy one in your 60s, 60% of the income is tax-free. And if you buy one after you're 70, you'll only pay income tax on 30% of your annuity income. Annuities are not right for everyone, but in the right circumstances, or for some of your capital, they can be an interesting element to your overall strategic financial planning. So is this a good time to review our pension arrangements? <laughs> in truth, most people just let their pensions do what they do in the background, Howard. How many of us check how much we are likely to receive from our pensions until retirement appears on the horizon? And by then, it's probably too late to do very much about what we'll ever receive. Pensions are probably considered a little bit crusty. They are what they are. They do what they do. And we don't necessarily want to think about them because we'll have to consider retirement. Like writing a will and having to think about dying, retirement is one of those events lots of people just don't want to think about. If you're a resident of France and you have a UK pension, you seriously need to review your UK pension arrangements. This isn't restricted to British nationals. There are lots of different nationalities who are now living in France who previously lived and worked in the UK and during that time accumulated money in UK pensions. Reviewing your pensions also applies to those of you who are already taking income from your money purchase pensions, such as personal pensions, self-invested pensions and executive retirement pensions. Pensions are not always set in stone. Like you, they may benefit from leaving the UK and moving abroad. You need to regularly review the goals and objectives you have for your pension. That could mean changing your investment profile, maybe reassessing your tolerance to risk, or developing an alternative strategy that embraces your overall financial situation. Far too often, decisions regarding pensions are taken in isolation, based on options provided by UK pension companies, who are oblivious to your personal needs, and importantly, your personal situation, now you're living in France. So, whether you're drawing income or still accumulating capital growth, if you have a UK pension, it needs to be reviewed in light of the recent developments and potential changes that could come in the future. To discuss your personal situation, speak to one of our Blevins Frank's partners by calling our Valbon or Monaco offices. Our telephone number in Valbon is 0493-001780. That's 0493-001780. And if you live in Monaco and visiting our Monaco office is more convenient, call our Monaco office, 
And the number is Monaco 97775574. That's 97775574. Or alternatively, you can always find out more about Blevins Franks or contact us by simply visiting their website, which is www.blevinsfranks.com. Many thanks, Rob. Very informative this week. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Look forward to speaking to you next week, Howard. Have a good week. The Blevins Franks Report. If you would like more information on any of the topics discussed in this programme, contact your local Blevins Franks office on 0493001780 or riviera at blevinsfranks.com. It's time to review your financial planning for 2023. Are you paying too much tax on your investment income? Will the UK budget mean you pay more tax on your UK assets? What's the best way to transfer wealth to your family? Are your investments suitable for today's world? How can you make the most of your pensions? Blevins Frank specialises in holistic financial planning. We'll be happy to review your wealth management for 2023 and beyond. Get in touch today. Visit blevinsfranks.com.